Revolutionate at Work podcast coming your way. Episode 467. Steve Schmee and the Rickster, Ricky V. Rock. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So in this episode, we're going to go back and tell you guys and gals some episodes that may be buried, that maybe you didn't see it. And you didn't have a chance to listen to. There's so many different podcasts that we've done. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. And these get buried. And these got these get forgotten. And it's a shame, really. So we want to kind of give you guys a couple podcasts that we feel are really, really important for your overall health. And heck, this could these podcasts could basically extend your life. These podcasts can change the amount of energy you get every day and, and change your body composition. So the first episode, 364, was a fasting episode where I went over a lot of really critical information about fasting and presented it, you know, in a fair manner because out there you have on one side of the aisle, you've got people who think fasting is a joke and fasting doesn't do anything and fasting doesn't is harmful and fasting will, you know, destroy your muscle and all these. And then you have the other side, which is the side that thinks fasting is going to cure, you know, is going to cure uh, diseases and, and all this stuff. And there's a miracle, something, you know, that's going to be a miracle for you. So the truth about fasting is, is somewhere in the middle just like most things in life. So that episode, I present you guys studies. I present you guys explain what fasting is, explain you how to fast. And then from there, you can kind of make your own decisions and decide what you want to do, do from there. So I thought it was a very important episode that we did. And that's an episode that you won't find anywhere else. You know, it's, it's just full of good information on fasting and it's something you should definitely check out. So in the second episode, I'll let Rick talk a little bit about it. Episode 404, which is a cooking episode. So Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you picked 404? You and I like to cook a lot and we got good recipes. So it's a good thing to share with people. And these are those episodes, like this episode, 404, we're not giving you measurements. We're telling you what to put together, how to cook it. And if you know how to cook, you'll know what to do. <laughs> if you don't get around the kitchen, go, go, go get a cookbook first and start with that. But 4-4 uh, is just a really good episode about how to make some really, really good, nutritious, healthy food. After we listen to 404, we're going to listen to 364. That is the big fasting episode. Steve went off on that one. I mean, that was all uh, Steve's episode about fasting. Really, really interesting information. So first, big cooking episode, then fasting episode. You get to uh, gorge and you get to diet. <laughs> it's a good combination. And without further ado, here it is. All right.
Evolutionary Radio coming your way, episode 404. Compound episode, guys, but in this one we're going to do a special one. We're gonna, it's going to be a cooking episode. So this is a really good one to listen to, guys, and take notes in this one. Steve Smee here and the Rickster. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, today we're going to be doing a cooking episode. We did compound episodes all about cycles the last four, so going to give the cycles um, and the juice a little bit of break on this compound episode. And we're going to talk about some cooking. Steve and I, it's a common uh, interest that Steve and I share is uh, we like uh, cooking quite a bit. So we're going to share some of our tips, tricks, recipes, just to get some, some good, healthy uh, cooking going. So what's up, Steve? What do you got? So the first one, the first topic is ideas to make meal prep easier. So I'm bringing you first on that one, Rick, that was your idea. Tell us a little bit about that one. Well, you know, one of the things uh, most of us need to do in order to have good, healthy meals throughout the week is prep some of it ahead of time. You know, sometimes just the, the budget and the time is not there to go to to a healthy uh, restaurant every day. So you you got to really prep your meals, take some of them to work, you know, just really, really get it, get it right. So here's a couple of ideas um, that I like to use. Um when I, I, I like avocados, have avocados pretty much almost every day. I mean, I like avocados that much. And, I, and I'll go and I'll actually, by tact and feel, I'll kind of know how many days are out. And this takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of skill. But if you just go in and you just tact and feel your avocados around, you graph your five for the week. And you'll know which one you got to graph when and just... Just taking an avocado with you is a is you know you've already got or something really good something healthy. It's already in a protective uh, wrapping, right? So avocados, are, I find, are really really good and convenient to get some good some good macros in, and um, you know take take something along with you. So that, that's uh, one of the ideas. Also, I like hummus. It comes, it gets right in, in with my, uh, with my program. It, it fits my macros. I mean, it's good. So just making a big, big, uh, jug of hummus beginning of the week. It's a great, great way to just have some, some meal prep ready. Also, some of you guys that are bulking, I've talked about a, a sort of kind of slop that you can make, um, so that you're not sitting there chewing chicken all day. You can actually cut the chicken into tiny pieces, throw it in with uh, some chicken broth and some rice, brown rice, even a really strong blender. No, you might want to get one of the ninja blenders and turn it into a goo to a little bit of a slop. And um, that's actually uh, quite tasty, microwavable. Uh, you can put it in your fridge and, and set it in little different containers uh, for a few days down down the road, and it's it's just it's just a good easy way to have your your chicken and rice just shoot and and drink it back. Um, just a good 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 idea. You got anything else, Steve? I might come up with something as I listen to you. I think the best number one way, guys, is you have to have the tools in your kitchen. So it's amazing to me how people when I first moved out on my own. I don't know, Rick, if you can remember that, but I remember I first moved out on my own. And I have, you know, family members who bought me 
ahead of time for my birthday or Christmas, whatever. They bought me, you know, things for the kitchen. They bought me pots, pans. They bought me utensils. They bought me a thermometer to check the, the temperature of the food. They bought me all these things that you need in a kitchen. So a lot of people, it's amazing to me, you walk into the kitchen, they have nothing. They don't have a single pot or pan. They don't have anything. So all they do is just go out to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's all I do is easy eat out. And that's not good. That's not healthy. You know, so it's very important to have these things in your home and invest in them. And it doesn't take much money. You can buy um, a big box of pots, pans that can get you started. Every kitchen, every modern kitchen, you're going to have a refrigerator, you're going to have a stove, you're going to have an oven, you're going to have a microwave. Um, there's other things you can buy. We've talked about on the podcast before. Air fryer is very, very handy because you can make a lot of different things in the air fryer, a lot of healthy foods. And you can cook. One of the best tools you can have is. Yeah, chicken fryer. is wonderful in the air fryer. I'm not a fan of red meat in the air fryer at all, but I'm a fan of sweet potatoes. I'm a fan of chicken. Great, great options in, in an air fryer and makes it really easy to cook and it cooks it evenly. So those are necessary to meal prep. Another thing with meal prepping is when you buy your meats, this is my second tip, when you buy your meats, it's very important to cook them because if you let them sit in your fridge, they're going to go bad and they're going to go rotten you're not, and you're going to be wasting food. So when, when it comes to meal prepping, it's very important to cook them and cook them with a homemade marinade, lemon, salt, pepper, paprika. These are low FODMAP. These are other things you should be buying in your kitchen, not just pots, pans, and that sort of thing. You need to buy these Fire up of the things. grill, five the grill on a Sunday. You could knock out 12 chicken breasts in a minute. Well, fast, the thing right? is that we're going to talk about barbecue in a bit, but the thing is, if you use that marinade that I told you, those four things are all low FODMAP. They don't upset your stomach. I don't use garlic or onions in my food. Very rough on the gut. I don't use them. You just need four things. You need paprika. You need salt. You I need love pepper, garlic and onions. And you need lemon. If you can tolerate garlic and onions, that's fine. Most people cannot. It's going to just stress out your stomach. But those four, what I lame, those four, you put them in a bag, you marinate the chicken, and it will help preserve that chicken after you cook it. You see what I'm saying? So instead of just cooking the chicken raw and plain, it's going to go... It's going to take longer to go bad if you if you marinate it and that those four things I just named. So that's very, very important for poop prep. You can keep that chicken good in your fridge for days versus just one or two days. Um, it's very, very important. So those are those are my tips when it comes to that. You have, you have more um, meal prep and then we'll go to recipes. You know, uh, so I have a a little four herb mixture that I use and I mix it in, in different parts, depending on, on what I'm, on what I'm actually cooking. So um, it's basically a little bit of achiote. This I only put a little bit of ground achiote, curcumin, paprika, and, um, and curry is what it's called. Curry. So, you put those four together, talk about spices, just small amounts. 
they they combine really well together on chicken or like if you do a dry rub of ribs and toss them right into that air fryer man is that a really really good combination you know your stomach's got to be able to take it mine's can take it i'm do fine with it but those are your four right there achiote curcumin paprika and curry i tend to put in a little bit more paprika than anything else put a little bit less achiote than anything else and the curry and the curcumin are kind of in there almost in equal parts you don't want to put a ton of it everywhere you want to just like dry rub it and it's just a good good combination of uh, of ingredients give it a, a really really good taste and you're not adding any uh any bad calories or anything and the thing just just tastes incredible those four and obviously salt maybe a little bit of pepper um but with that combination maybe just a little bit of salt is just enough and you might not you might not want the pepper in there that depends on uh on you and what your taste is and that just makes everything taste good I, i've put it on not really don't really like it as much on beef but chicken and pork just a great combination of herbs to put together i, I really really like it all right so the next thing we're talking about is healthy recipes we're gonna each give two rick you go first so um right here in long island we got the dock over there uh, at Bracos uh, Fisheries, you can just go to the, go there, buy octopus. Octopus. It's just a great, great piece of meat. Now, I'm not much for seafood anymore because of all the contamination, but I'm having about, per month, I'm having about three to maybe four seafood meals per month. And octopus is just a really, really good one. So you go grab that octopus, grab a big one, uh, cut the cut the head off. If they've prepped it well at the at the place um, that you're getting it at, right here where I'm at, they prep it real nicely. You could even kind of cook the head in there and, and eat it, but most of the time, depending on what you get, you're gonna want to cut it off, and you want to just. Get the water to a boil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, throw your octopus in there, then bring the water down to a simmer for about 45 minutes. Then after you've done it for about 45 minutes, then you can just, you can heat up some oil in a pan, a little coconut oil, a little bit of uh, olive oil in there, and a little bit of paprika. The coconut oil won't let the, the olive oil burn out and... Uh, Propica give it a nice red taste. Matter of fact, pulpo a la gallega, which is a uh, a dish in Spain, which is octopus with paprika and olive oil in it. So it's already a paprika is already an approved ingredient for octopus. It's really good with it. And then you just get that oil going, frying, and then you once you're taking the octopus out and you've let it kind of uh, dry a little bit, throw it in there and just sear it all over the place or throw it right on the grill and sear it like that and throw it on a bed of lettuce on avocado on hummus on um i mean pretty much anything you eat that thing with is great so that's a good one the the, the octopus recipe i really really like uh you toss one steven i'll throw another one 
Yeah, um, there's one called, uh, I'm going to give you a burger recipe. There's a, there's a product called Unbun, U-N-D-U-N. And they just started selling this. They sell it at Whole Foods. They sell it on Amazon. I don't know if you've heard of it, Rick, but the bun actually is a, it's not bread, but you wouldn't even know the difference. Um, it's got no sugar in it, uh, just only, um, it's basically very, very healthy. I'm going to bring up the ingredients for you guys. So really the ingredients are almond flour, pumpkin seed protein, coconut flour, psyllium husk, extra virgin olive oil, coconut milk, baking soda, cream of tartar, apple cider vinegar, and sea salt. So literally like every ingredient is something naturally found in nature. There's no preservatives, nothing. You have to keep this stuff in your freezer before you you make it. So what I do is I take it out of the freezer, throw it in the microwave for a little bit, then put it in my toaster. And I can toast that bone up and it, it tastes incredible, guys, incredible. And you can use that for your burger bun. You get a quarter pound of grass-fed beef, press it, put some salt, pepper on it, coconut oil, and then throw it on the grill. Flip it one time only, guys. With red meat, you want to flip red, red meat once. So you flip it one time and then cook the other side, however you like it. Slice tomato, slice lettuce, and then you can use some coconut yogurt as your, your mayonnaise. Healthy burger. The last episode, Rick, you know, went to Burger King to eat a burger. I, I guarantee you, if you eat one of my burgers, I just told you, you'll never go to Burger King again. You'll think Burger King is disgusting. So it's a healthy burger guys all natural there's nothing not a single ingredient that's unhealthy and it's it's just a great meal and well I'll, you know i'm eating it this weekend um and there's nothing wrong with that guys it's an excellent option i actually made it for a bunch of people a few weeks back and they were amazed they said this is the most delicious burger we've ever tasted so it's uh it's got rave reviews so give that a shot guys give that a shot you're up rick So, I've talked about the uh, wonders of steaks. I love steaks. It's uh, one of my favorite things to cook. And I have a ton of different steak variations that I do. Um, one that I even do with coffee, which I'm going to save for another podcast because I'm still perfecting that one. But this is steak that I've been doing with, with sorted nuts. And it's just... It's an incredible little steak. So here's, here's the way to kind of work it, guys. You um take a pan. I like it when it's a little bit deep because it's going to splash a little bit. I don't like to get my cooking area too, too dirty to have too much of a cleanup. But a nice pan, get up to temperature, coconut oil, throw a little bit of butter in there. Then I throw my steak on there once it's nice and hot. Once the steak is on there, I'll get from the supermarket these... uh these packs of sorted nuts, different stuff, almonds, walnuts, cashews. I mean, just everything is kind of in there. Raisins sometimes, cherries. I mean, dried cherries, all this stuff is, is in there. And I'll toss that in, some of that in around my steak there in the, in the rest of the oil right around the pan. I'll make like a little circle around the steak with it. And I'll just make sure to reserve the middle of the pan for cooking my steak. And I'll let those those uh, different uh, assorted 
nuts and raisins and cherry and dried cherries, whatever, you know, cook with some of that oil. They, they, they took up the oil pretty good. And then some of the flavors coming of the meat are going to come in contact with those as well and, and help cook them. As I see the nuts, maybe sometimes some of them will start to, to show a little black dots seeing as they're starting to burn a little bit. If my steak is not full, I'll just I'll finagle it, get the nuts out of the out of the pan, finish my steak. But most of the time, if my steak is not too thick, um, and the pan is wide enough, I'll, I am able to knock it out and cook them both pretty much at the same time. You throw that on top of a bed of of lettuce and romaine lettuce and all these nice little things. Um, as always, avocado hummus. <laughs> throw that steak on there and throw those nuts on there. I don't, I find uh, when you cook them a little bit, the nuts, the flavor changes a little bit. I like some of that, that flavor of the almonds and some of these nuts that are they're cooked a little bit. And it also makes them so much easier to chew. Um, turns like dried cherries, raisins, turns them into, into a really sweet kind of goo. I mean, it's nice. It's really, really nice. Goes well with the steak. Um, if you just threw them on top of the steak raw, there's just so much to chew in the the raw nuts that that little bit of, of cooking really helps them. Like once you have a bite of your steak with with the nuts, I mean, they just crumble in your mouth onto a powder. It's nice. It's really, really nice. I've been I've been doing that steak uh, probably at least one night a week for the past few months, um, just keep buying from the store, little packs of sweated nuts. And I, you know, I cook them, you know, just, just cook them in the, in the, in the oil. Or sometimes when I'm steaming my vegetables, I'll also, uh, I'll also steam them and same effect, just, just cooking them makes them so much easier to chew. And I think the flavor is, is much improved when they're cooked as well. Um, than the raw. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, so my 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 second one, I'm gonna link it in the show notes, guys. It's an avocado recipe. It's a, got published on evolutionary.org. So you can Google evolutionary.org guacamole recipe and it'll come up, or you can just look at our show notes. But that guacamole recipe, why is it important, guys? You can use it for everything. You can use it for your chicken wings, you can use it for your on your burgers, I just actually what I do. I add it to my burgers. You can use it basically as a dip for anything. And it's extremely healthy. It's a great option on a football, football day to put it out. And I guarantee you uh, that bowl will not have anything in it by the end, end of the, the day because everyone's going to love that. It's one of the best things ever. Now, guacamole, guys, you want to you wanna go to town on it because fats, good fats, are something that we're lacking in our diets. The American diet has zero good fats and that's not good. We need those good fats in our diet for our nutrition. We need it for our organ health. We need it for a lot of things. And we need it definitely as weight training because guess what? Those good fats are very good for our joints. So definitely check out that recipe, guys. It's very easy to use. It probably costs like three, four, maybe five bucks at the most to put put that recipe together. And, you know, it's really easy to do. So I'm just going to link it in, in the description. 
So next one we're talking about is cooking tips and tricks. We kind of had some, but why don't you, uh, you want you give one Rick and I'll give one that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, do you have a pressure cooker at home, Steve? No, no pressure cooker at home. Um, get a pressure cooker and, and fucks with it. Uh, it's something that me growing up South America and coming here as an immigrant, we always had a pressure cooker. Matter of fact, there's three pressure cookers in my house right now that I'm in right now. Just get it and fucks with it. There is, uh, I'll give you some ideas on what to do. You like beans, Steve? Do you have any kind of uh, beans? Absolutely beans not. Kind of? Absolutely. You don't not. like beans? Why not? Horrible How for the I... gut. No, absolutely. Really? Well, well if you I can tolerate well them, then it's fine. Yeah. But for most people, you're not going to be able to tolerate You can go to a uh, supermarket, get oxtails, oxtails, throw them in there with flavorings, beans, red beans. You buy them in the pack, the Goya pack, they're dry. Leave them in water overnight. Next day, throw them in the pressure cooker. If you uh, got, if you got, you know, some Spanish supermarkets around your area, will horrible have brand, bro. Did you ever read what's in the a can of those? It's all Goya? preservatives. Goya. Get a good brand. Don't use a shitty corporate. Well, brand, I'm bro. I'm I'm giving you an example, but if you can just, you could order online organic dried red beans just order them shits you know what i mean yeah go and, to the health food store and get this stuff anything out of a can make sure you get it from a health food store always. oh no 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 these are dry these are not in a can these are these are dried in a bag i'm not talking about oh canned. i know what you're no. talking about yeah i got gotcha. you okay. no 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 no, no. Can, you don't you don't throw canned beans in a, in a pressure cooker buddy no no talk about the dry beans that are, are dry in the in the bag you throw them in water overnight throw them in the pressure cooker one good thing to throw in there with it is if you can get like smoked pork necks or something cool like that. Um, smoked, um, they'll have it a lot of these supermarkets, just the, the smoked parts are ready. You throw that in the pressure cooker with your beans. Uh, man, because that the pressure cooker is going to pull some of that smoke flavor in out of the meat and combine with your uh, with your beans and make something make something decent. And, um, you know, beans with a little bit of pork. It's a, it's a nice meal. As long as you're not drinking sugar waters and having a ton of white rice with it and, and other, and other uh, carbs. I mean, it's a nice, nice meal to have. Um, so pressure cooker fucks with it. There's a lot of YouTube stuff on pressure cookers. So, I mean, I'm, I'm big into pressure cookers, crack pots. Haven't been using my crack pot a lot, but I like pressure cookers and crack pots for, for anything that's got bones in it. Like those oxtails I was just telling you guys about, uh, you can you can definitely get a lot of like flavoring, um, a lot of good flavors, a lot of good stuff out of those out of those bones. Especially you you hit them with the cleaver right in the right in the middle before you throw them in the pressure cooker. Those those oxtails you split them right down of the tails. You throw them in. Um, yeah, that those bones are going to give you some good some good stuff in your. In, in your stew there and so yeah pressure cookers crack pots i'm more of a pressure cooker guy than a than a crack pot guy but that's that's a good kitchen utensil i think i think um a lot of folks that listen to us don't don't have or don't fucks with and and they should it's very good very convenient it kind of sort of lets you know when the food is is about ready to be done because the sound it makes it's just a, it's a good good item pressure cookers guys 
Don't ever, this, this reminds me of something. I'm going to talk about it now. Don't ever buy bone broth out of a can or out of a box or whatever, guys, you have to make it at home. So bone broth, a lot of people have not heard of it. I talked about it on the forums and guys are like, what the hell is bone broth? So bone broth, basically the collagen, if you look at a bone, a thick bone inside that bone, there's bone marrow, there's collagen, there's all that nutrition. And those are another things that we don't get in our diet because what do people eat, Rick? Um, out of a, out of a, from the animal, just the muscle, just the muscle. They don't eat just the, the fat. muscle. That's it. They don't eat the organs. They don't eat the, bone I eat the liver. I eat the tongue. They I eat the, nothing. Everything. They eat nothing. Every, but Spanish, not, you go to, you go to Spanish or ethnic supermarkets, yeah. you'll get the tongue, you'll get the heart, you get everything. But that's not nobody's fault because a lot of that stuff just isn't isn't marketed. Everyone wants to go buy like a filet mignon hey, and a Steve, I don't know if I ever asked you this on the podcast. And if I did, I, I don't remember your answer right now. What's your feeling on livers? Well, I mean, it's, see, the thing is, it's hard to find good quality liver. Just make sure it's, you know, you cook it, you cook it well. But yeah, the organs of but, the animal. You know, so I heard guys say, oh, it's the filter, the animal. Guys no, no, there's, say, um, oh, yeah. it, no, I mean, the, the, all the organs, see the thing with the organs, they're all they're, a huge percentage of the organs that are water. I, I like chicken. I like chicken, um, chicken livers. I could be honest with you as like, human beings, we're supposed to eat the organs of the animal. We're not even yeah. supposed to eat the muscle. So that's, yeah. that's to be honest with you. So if you're eating, if you're one of those carnivore diet people and you eat meat and you make fun of vegans and make fun of vegetarians, you and you just eat the muscly part of the animal, then, you know, you're, you know, I don't know what to get, tell you. I'm not get gonna, a cow tongue. I'm, that's a cool, that, that's. Well, a I mean, good, it's, good it's, it's, of, it's just funny to me how people tongue. make fun of uh, other people for their food choices, but then themselves are, are, are foolish. So, I mean, you can't make fun of other people when you're not even eating a carnivore diet correctly. You cannot eat a carnivore diet with just the muscle part of the animal. You will just basically have, not be able to you won't be beginning any any type of water in your Chick, diet or chicken livers is like the poor it's like chicken livers is like the poor man foie gras so here's the here's poor man's me, foie gras chicken livers are good real good eating so let me, let me let me go back to the bone broth thing guys now bone broth very important why do we talk about bone broth why do i talk about bone broth because as weightlifters we break down our, our soft tissues we get injuries all this stuff so if you can get some some of that collagen in your diet, you, it makes a world of difference. So the way you would do it, Rick mentioned the crock pot, very easy to do. You get a crock pot, you get some plain chicken or vegetable broth, but it's got to be plain because if you get, if you buy a broth from the store in a, in a box, it's going to have all these preservatives, all this crap in it. So you're defeating the purpose. So make sure it's a good quality broth, very, very little ingredients. And that's, that's what you want. So I use chicken broth, plain chicken broth, nothing else added to it. And that's what I use. It's very hard to find vegetable broth without additions to it. I'm sure it's out there, but it's very hard. But then what you do is you get the bones. Um, whole foods, they sell in the freezer section. They sell the whole bones. So you get the whole bones, probably about eight or nine bucks. You put them in the crock pot with the broth and you cook that thing for a good 30 to 40 hours. And that really breaks down the bone. Then after 30, 40 hours, you can take the bones out and the collagen from the bones would have, would be in there. Right. And then you can add potatoes, spinach, 
pieces of chicken. You can add whatever you want to it, or you just leave leave it alone and just and just drink the broth. So, but that's the most nutritious part of the animal that you could be putting in your body aside from the organs. So if you guys don't want to eat organ meat, organ meat's hard to find, by the way. It's hard to find good quality organ meat. Okay. You live in New York, Rick. It's a different world where you live because you have a lot of different ethnicities and stuff. But in middle America, you're not going to find organ meat by going to the grocery store. It's just not there. Okay. And if it was there, I still wouldn't tell you to get it because it's going to be crap. It's going to be crap. Uh, the way they raise the animals, crap. The, what they fed the animals, crap. So it's, you're defeating the purpose anyway. But anywhere you live, you can literally get a bone and do the crock pot. So that's what you guys need to do. Everyone listening to this, you need to do that at least once or twice a month. If you're not, then you're making a huge mistake and your joints and your tendons and your ligaments are going to pay the price. So that's it, it, that will make a huge difference. You'll notice it. You'll notice it too right away. All right, guys. So next one if we're you, talking if about. You, um, if you take something like a Cornish hen and you um, put that in a pressure cooker uh, long enough, you're going to be able to eat most of that thing because those bones are going to melt in your mouth too. Some won't. Some of the larger ones, you'll you get little metal piece that it won't that won't break down. But all the tips of those bones all that bone marrow is going to, it's going to be flowing out of the animal. If you again, get good farm raised organic hands, organic, everything. And um, you're going to have some real, really good, a lot of good stuff you could do with a pressure cooker and crack pots, you know, it's different kind of little, little, little bit, a little bit of a difference. Well, some things you can do in one or the other, but they're both kind of a, uh, they're both similar in that regard. Yeah. Good stuff. So barbecue, uh, let me give my thought on barbecue. I'll let Rick come in. So let's say you're making a steak on the barbecue. Okay, filet mignon, whatever. One of the tricks for barbecuing red meat is you have to leave it sitting at room temperature for a period of time. If you had that red meat in the refrigerator or you just got it from the grocery store, it's going to be cold. That means the internal temperature of that meat is going to be cold. So if you cook it on the barbecue, you'll notice this. The outside will burn and the inside will not be cooked. And it's got to be frustrating the crap out of you, right? Well, that the reason that's happening is you're not letting it, the insides warm up first. So if you just get it from the grocery store, you, it's in the fridge, you have to leave it on your counter for a period of time until the internal temperature gets, gets to room temperature before you throw it on the grill. This way it will be evenly cooked. So if you're making something like a filet mignon or a thick steak, you don't stand a chance at cooking that thing correctly. You're going to burn the outside of it and not be able to cook the inside. If you put it on the grill and the inside is still, still bone, bone, like 45 degrees, 40 degrees, it's not going to work. So that's one of the number one tips, you know, when it comes to cooking, you know, filet mignon red meat. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I just got done telling you guys the muscle part of the animal, right? Well, here's the thing, filet mignon, that's a tree. I'll have that once a year for celebrating something, but that's, it's expensive and it's a treat. It's not something, you know, it's not the, the best healthy part of, of the you know, animal or whatnot. So don't be like, oh, Stevie, I said not to eat the muscle part of the animal. Well, it's like I said, it's, it should be a tree. It's not something you eat, you know, once a week or, or every day, like some people do. So 
that's 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 a must and that will save you a lot of headaches guys especially if you have a group of people coming over and you're cooking steaks and people are going to get frustrated because they're going to be like oh i want my steak medium and then you're going to cook it and you're going to give it to them and the outside is like burned and the inside is like raw and they're going to get pissed so you have to make sure you cook your steaks evenly and as i said before with the burgers flip them one time very important to flip them just once. Do not flip them until they're ready to be flipped. Don't flip them like six times. That's that's not correct. So you want to make sure you just flip it once. You're up, buddy. Yeah, so barbecue tips and tricks. Um I always like making the fish in the barbecue wrapped in in foil paper uh, like put different spices on there put it on the top rack and let it just take its time take its time while uh cook everything else on the grill so that's yep me too me too yep different spices different things you can you can really uh do to that fish and just wrap it in that foil paper and leave it up there it's good it's a good 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 Lemon. Um, oh man, lemon. Definitely butter. lemon when it comes to fish. That's a number I like garlic. one ingredient. I, lemon, butter, garlic. I like garlic. You say it's rough on your stomach. I fucking love garlic. I put, I put like in everything. If you can and, tolerate uh, garlic, the, the, the trick with garlic, the ingredient in garlic, Rick, and that's an ingredient in to guard your product is Allison. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's the healthy part of the, that's, that's why when you're cutting up a garlic, you start crying. It's the allicin being released, and that's the antioxidant within a garlic that's so healthy, and that's why you put it in, in Entugard. That's one of the great ingredients of Entugard. I just Absolutely. Like, I learned I, that, I, I learned I that from garlic. you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I recall. I, um, I, I mean, I love garlic. Garlic is, is great. Sometimes even when, I'll, um, when I want to, let, let's say, give the meat or fish or something uh, a little extra garlic taste, I'll light coat of uh of coconut oil in a pan slice up a couple of garlic cloves toss them in there let them kind of cook and, and almost burn a little bit to where they they, they release their flavor and then I'll, I'll scoop them out toss them out of the oil and now my oil is garlic seasoned and then i fucks my meats on top of that um that's just that's just a good, good eating garlic. So, um, another, another, a tip for, for barbecue that I found, um, sometimes I like to just make like a little bit of, um, a little bit of marinade with a coconut oil and butter, add some herbs, uh, paprika, you know, whatever, whatever I'm, I'm doing like that day. And I'll coat the outside of chicken or, or steak or whatever with this, with this little marinade and, that uh i feel like that additional kind of coconut oil helps helps the beat the crisp on the outside whether it be the, the skin of the chicken or or the piece of beef whatever you're doing it just kind of it kind of helps it, it it sear up a little bit quicker helps it close a little a little bit uh, uh get a little bit of that that tasty crust on the outside a little bit nicer on and also helps your condiments or whatever you're putting on steak so that always of coating the outside with a little bit of um of oil coconut oil has always been something I like doing I like doing that for the air fryer too especially for the air fryer because 
the air fryer will dry stuff up. So if you add a coating of coconut oil, uh, butter with coconut oil outside of your chicken or your steak, whatever it is, your piece of fish even, whatever you're cooking in, in your air fryer, then it'll make it crisp a lot faster. You do that with, uh, with potatoes, uh, with just different, anything you do, just a little bit of coating will make a, make a crisp way, way better. Uh, one of the barbecue trips you got uh, tricks you got, Steve. I'm, I'm thinking of more as, as we're going on here. Well, if you're going to cook chicken on the barbecue, guys, I know this because I had food poisoning years ago. You want to make sure you get a temperature, good quality temperature thing. Don't buy a temperature thing from Bed Bath and Beyond. You know, we, you know, I talked about earlier. I gave Rick shit about corporate, corporate, you know, things out of cans from corporations. Don't buy. Don't buy cheap shit when it comes to something like this that's that important. An inaccurate thermometer can literally screw up your entire barbecue. So when you're cooking chicken, you want to make sure with poultry, you want to make sure you get it to 165 degrees internally. It's got to be cooked 165 degrees, guys. Otherwise, you open yourself up to possible food poisoning. And, you know, when it comes to barbecuing, also, guys, slow, the slower you cook it, the better tasting it's going to be. That's just science. If you cook it quickly, it's going to burn. Um, you don't want to ever char meat. If you char meat, it's going to be carcinogenic. So you want to make sure you cook the meat correctly. You know, it's got to be cooked correctly. Very, very important. Um, another option too is vegetables on the grill. You know, squash, you can cook squash on the grill, zucchini, even broccoli, you can cook on the grill. And those things, those are really good. Um, I know a lot of people, they won't eat vegetables, but they'll eat grilled vegetables because when you grill the vegetable, it gives it a little barbecue flavor. And a lot of people like that. So that's, that's an option for you vegetable haters out there. Try, try barbecuing your vegetables and you can lightly barbecue them at a low temperature and you won't be um, destroying their uh, nutrition. So that's a good option too. All right, Rick, you want to finish this off with your final thoughts? You know, cooking is about experimentation and research. If you can read, you can cook. If you can read and you can take time and use a scale and fuck with measurements, you, you can cook. It's real, real simple. And it's just trial and error. Um, YouTube, like you, YouTube is uh, a wonderful way to learn how to cook stuff. Like if you... Anything you want to cook, guys, anything. You can go on YouTube and just put it in, and they'll show you how to cook it. Just make sure you use the quality ingredients, guys. No corporate-owned bullshit. Try to use as much organic as possible, because in those videos, they're not going to use that stuff usually. So you want to make sure that you're, you're cooking quality, guys, and, and, and healthy, and you're cooking with coconut oil. Very, very important. That's the number one thing I want you guys to do, is go buy unrefined cold-pressed coconut oil, a tub of it. It's going to cost you about 12, 13 bucks for a tub of it. It's going to last you a while. That's what you want to cook with, guys. That's what you want to cook with. It's extremely nutritious, full of MCTs, full of good fats, very, very healthy, good for your joints, everything. Don't cook with when crappy you, oil. When you grab, you know where I've, I've been able to grab good, cheap tubs of coconut oil? Go to like Marshall's or TJ Maxx. They have a section where they have uh, supplements and spices and stuff like that. They're, you're always going to find, um, and you just got to Google the brand, make sure that they're quickly make, do a good search on them, make sure that 
there's no uh, issues with them and just grab it unrefined just like steve said coconut oil big tubs for only a few dollars and uh if you take a look at the amount of calories basically healthy calories in that big tub of coconut oil and how much you're actually paying for it so you get a good deal on those calories you know if we're talking food here guys you're getting a, a good deal on some good healthy calories one of the better uh one of the better buys in in fitness nutrition um not good nutrition is is coconut oil when it comes down to it because i mean you can that big tub is only costing you a few dollars uh it's got enough calories to keep you going for a long time <laughs> you know if you if you think of it way so coconut oil is is man it's my number one i i fry eggs in it you know scrambled eggs and coconut oil. i do everything with coconut oil and i mean everything and like butter for flavor like um also like olive oil but olive oil gotta mix it with coconut oil so it doesn't so the temperature doesn't cook it burn it on you it's it's a yeah coconut oil i mean i'm sure most guys listening to this already already have their tubs at home and are experimenting with it all right guys appreciate this episode 404 we'll have another episode coming next week it's gonna be a lot of fun talk to you again take care have a good one steve have a good one guys Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. podcast coming your way. This is episode 364. Today we're doing a special podcast on fasting. Now we did a different one on fasting, but this one we have some updated information that we wanted to share. Um, so, you know, we're going to get into it. Steve Smee here and Rick, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. So, you know, the way that we're going to approach this podcast, guys, we're going to give you, we're going to tell you all about fasting. Um, a lot of people don't really know much about fasting. So in this episode, we're going to kind of get into it. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about, let me, let me pull this up here. So back in 2016, there was a Nobel Prize in medicine given to a uh, Japanese biologist called Yoshinori Osumi. And he won the Nobel Prize. That's the biggest prize you could possibly get in science. That's like getting the Academy Award, okay, for, for being an actor. That's like the best award you can get. So what happens is uh, fasting activates what's called autophagy. So that helps slow down the aging process and has a positive impact on cell renewal. So that was what he proved. And then two out of the past three years, there's been... Nobel Prize winners in medicine for the same exact thing. So, so let's kind of talk about autophagy. And the nice thing about autophagy is we don't, we can actually accomplish autophagy through fasting. So if you're eating meals every two hours, every three hours, every four hours, you're never going to get that autophagy magic. So what we know from the studies is that 
autophagy will start around the 17 to 20 hour mark of a fast of not eating. Rick, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. And just to jump in here, guys, uh, when we're talking about autophagy for the bodybuilder, for the person out there trying to lose weight, the part of it or the main uh, aesthetic part of it that we're looking for is to get that skin tight again. You've seen many a pictures and probably know a few people that have lost maybe or maybe 100 pounds of body fat uh, doing and even not maybe 20, 30 pounds of body fat doing the, the chicken and fish with vegetables. And although they lose the weight, the skin hangs, hangs quite a bit. When we're discussing autophagy and fasting, it's the only way to get your body to suck that skin back in. It's the only way for you to get a, a tight look to your skin again is to is to have your body take suck that skin in. Um, the only way your body will suck that skin back in is if you're in a fasted state where you're not even consuming a small amounts of protein and that you are consuming no protein, no calories for extended periods of time. A good example that uh, I like to bring up is if you've ever seen some of the documentaries uh, where they showed uh, people that that survived the Holocaust, the, the, these victims, their their skin is is tight to to their bones. You, you don't see anybody with sagging loose skin from having lost all of their body fat because they were essentially forced fast. They were starved, and with that, what happens at that point is autophagy takes over. Your body begins to to take in and, and repurpose some of these proteins, and that's why you get these cadavers, the, these, these poor folks with their skin right up tight to their, to their body. They, they were overweight and, and fat people then too. And uh, we're women with breasts too. But when you see these images, the skin is, is tight to the bone because autophagy took over and it, it sucked the skin in to repurpose that protein for other purposes. So that that's when we're talking about aesthetics is kind of what, what we're, what we're discussing. All right, guys. So listen, at the end of the day, we can uh, we can argue all these facts. We can argue this, argue that. So the bottom line is, why are you listening to this podcast? You want to be able to enjoy autophagy yourself as a weightlifter, as a bodybuilder, all that good stuff. So at the end of the day, what do we know about autophagy? Uh, Rick summed up a lot of stuff, but the benefits of autophagy are cell renewal in the body. It can be anything from the stem cells in your stomach renewing. It can be your spine cell, the, the cells around your spine renewing. It could be um, cells that are in your body, like cancer cells actually being dying. And that's why this guy got so much recognition is because he showed that, wow, Instead of going to chemotherapy and zapping the crap out of these cancer cells, you can actually kill the cancer cells simply by fasting and creating that autophagy in the body. So how, how amazing is that, that we can actually accomplish this? And I'll tell you, I dated a nurse and she worked in a hospital, one of the, the best hospitals okay, in the area. And the doctors she worked with actually fasted. That's, that's the amazing thing. They knew about this stuff uh, before a lot of other people did. But now podcasts and other stuff, we're actually able to share this information. So 
how does it help you as a bodybuilder to enjoy autophagy? Well, injuries, a lot of these nagging injuries that you've had for years, you could do a prolonged fast and hammer away at those injuries. A lot of situations where you um, are in situations where you, you know, you're sick, your immune system, by regenerating these cells in your body, you're basically killing off the old cells and creating new cells. So these white blood cells that are in your body, after about 48, 72 hours start dying away, and then they start regrowing stronger ones. And you can confirm this with blood work, by the way. If you guys think that I'm full of shit and you guys wanna argue this, that's fine. Fast, go get blood work after about three or four days and you will see your right white blood cell count drops. Now to someone who looks at things one dimensionally, if your white blood cell count drops, that's not a good thing. But if you think about this in the big picture, it is a good thing because what's happening is you're killing off all these weak old cells in your body and you're able to grow new ones. And another cool thing is your muscles have, have cells as well. So can you imagine killing off these old tired cells in your muscle and then growing new ones? How cool would that be? So I think, I think it's fantastic. I've done a lot of these prolonged fasts, fasts longer than three, four days. And each time I've done them, I've noticed a nagging injury would go away. I noticed little things like my eyesight would improve. And if you actually research this, you'll see other people who've actually fasted who have reported some really amazing benefits, like their eyesight went from being off to back to 2020, just from fasting for four, for four or five days. This stuff is really amazing. And if you can tap into this, it's really amazing. So if you're, even if you're a bodybuilder who's listening to this and you're like, oh, this isn't for me. I like to eat every two hours. I like to eat every three hours. I like to eat seven, eight meals a day. Even you can benefit from this because you can keep that diet Okay. And then let's say once a month, go ahead and do a two or three day fast. And then once or twice a year, go ahead and do a five or 10 day fast. And then go back to the way you, you regularly eat. That would be the best way to kind of tap into this. Even if you're a bodybuilder who eats all the time or something, that would be a way you can kind of regenerate your, your cells and regrow your cells. And over time, you will actually gain more muscle by doing that just on the cells. So that's autophagy number one. That's the number one benefit of fasting. It's not fat loss, it's autophagy. Remember that because you're gonna read a lot of stuff you can hear from a lot of people that say that fasting doesn't do anything for fat loss long-term, blah, 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 blah. If you wanna do this for fat loss, it works great for fat loss, which we're gonna get into. But the number one reason for doing this is the autophagy benefits. And that my friends has been proven with a Nobel Prize winning in medicine, two out of the past three years. So we know that happens with fasting. So anyone who wants to argue with it, they're not gonna be able to argue that. Rick, any, anything you wanna add on autophagy? Autophagy is real. It's real and it's the only real way to bring your skin back, especially if you're coming down from having been really heavy from having have you know big belly big beer bellies whatever your uh, your situation is uh, fasting fast your face off is the only way to get that skin tight 
And yeah, while you're going through it, you'll you'll feel as though you're losing muscle mass. Your muscles get a little bit flat because uh, they start to they start to uh, release some of their energy as well. Uh, but it's part of the process. We're doing this for health. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have to go through periods where you're not all, all bloated and muscular to get that skin sucked back in. But then when you refeed again and, and you and you lift hard and you jump on the sauce, uh, you're going to look great. You're going to look good. You're going to look great. Incredible. So autophagy on, on the skin, I keep going back to that. Um, Steve's mentioned all of the other benefits of it, the health benefits, the, what it does for you internally. And yeah, this is why um, the fasting lifestyle is, is something that Steve and I have stuck with now for quite a while uh, because of all these benefits. All right. So next one we're going to do is fat loss because a lot of you want to fast because of fat loss. So listen, at the end of the day, it's not the caloric deficit with fasting that causes the fat loss right off the bat. That needs to be said, because again, when people want to argue this, they always come back with, well, you can just eat in a deficit and you'll get fat loss. It's the same thing. That's not why fasting works for fat loss. Fasting works for fat loss is because you're reversing the insulin resistance in your body. Now, most of you listening to this are insulin resistant. We live in a, in, you know, North America or Europe. We, we have, you know, we have money to go buy food. We can eat what we want when we want to eat it. We have a refrigerator stock. We have a pantry stock. We can go to a restaurant anytime we want, et cetera, et cetera. So we've built up an insulin resistance. Use anabolic steroids that builds up an anabolic and an insulin resistance as well over time. So most of you listening, including the way I used to be, was insulin resistant. So after about two to three hours, you get hungry. You go hypoglycemic, you'll need food. That's not normal. That's not the way we're supposed to be, okay? And the ironic thing is if you have a pet at home, a cat or a dog who, who is hypoglycemic like that, the doctor is going to want to, your vet is going to want to fix it. But when you yourself are that way, nobody cares. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a human being, I guess. Let me just live an unnatural lifestyle. But here's the bottom line. If you want to reverse insulin resistance, if you want to reverse type 2 diabetes, fasting is the answer. Because when you fast, you actually will boost insulin sensitivity in your body. I'll give you an example. I used to be, um, back when I used to bodybuild and power lift, I used to eat the whole eight, eight meal a day thing. I used to eat tons of protein. I used to, I used to do that, okay? my uh, uh, blood sugar levels were in the 130s. Once I started fasting, done a prolonged fast, it went from the 130s to 69. It has not gone over 80 since. So I was able to reverse my insulin, sense, insulin resistance. And basically I went from being a pre-diabetic type two diabetic to, to not having it literally from doing a fast. And from the data we've seen and from the guys, the anecdotal data we've seen from guys who have done it, you can actually cure your type 2 diabetes by doing a prolonged fast. It may take a couple times of doing it, and you will have to stick to a fasting protocol, okay? But you can actually wean yourself off the diabetes medication and insulin by doing this. But if you're going to try this, you need guidance. You need to be working with a doctor who specializes in this sort of thing. And there are doctors out there that do. Um, so you're going to have to over time drop because what's going to end up happening is you'll be still taking your diabetes medication and run into a diabetic coma. So you don't want to do that. So be very careful if you plan on doing it. But those of you who are listening, 
many of you who, who, rent, who test your blood sugar levels, your levels are probably 100, 110, okay? Because you eat a lot of food, you eat very often. You gotta get that fixed. So again, you can still stick to that diet, that's fine. I'm not gonna tell you to get off of that diet. But what you need to do is you need to fast. You need to do some five-day fast, some 10-day fast, a few times a year, and then you need to get that blood sugar down and then you can continue eating the way you want. So this is another example where people who argue, oh, bodybuilders shouldn't fast, again, they're wrong. You should be fasting if you're a bodybuilder. This will keep you from becoming a type two diabetic when you get into your forties and you'll look back and you'll thank Steve and Rick for, for convincing you to do it. Tell us, talk, talk to us about yeah, a little the, more about, yeah. This has already happened. This is already well documented of, of men reversing uh, their type two diabetes uh, through intermittent fasting, through uh, time restricted feeding. I mean, it is a thing. Obviously you really do want to work with a doctor on this, a doctor that's willing to work on this with you. And he might not be in your area. You might have to find a doctor in your state that's far away and, and telemed with him uh, through Zoom. Telemed is a real thing. A doc can see you through Zoom and, and have a consult with you and just make sure you do it properly. But yeah, it is a thing. It, it has been done. It's been documented. It's, it's pretty solid by, by now. The type 2 diabetes can be reversed uh, um, and cured with, with fasting. Yeah, and I didn't want to go on a tangent about fat loss. So with fat loss, with fasting, I, I'll give you an example. I did a 19-day prolonged fast. I was already lean when I, when I started that fast. I lost 14 pounds. Now, if you're a heavier person, you do a 19-day fast, you're going to lose more than just 14 pounds. You know, so you probably lose, you know, a pound, pound and a half a day. And will you gain that back when you come off the fast? You will gain a chunk of it back, yes. But you will notice you won't gain all of it back if you continue to fast. And it's not because of a calorie deficit. The difference between doing a calorie deficit crash diet and actually fasting is, is very simple. Because when you do a calorie deficit, your metabolism, your metabolic rate will drop. So the largest study ever done, which I'll link in the podcast notes, 50,000 obese females, 50,000 obese females. They did a caloric deficit for seven years. Sounds like the kind of parties you like to go to, Steve. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That'd be a good group session for sure. That'd be like more to love. But after seven years, what's funny is initially they lost weight, but over time they actually gain everything back. So they ended up being at the same place and a, and, and a percentage of them actually ended up gaining weight by eating a caloric deficit. Why is that? Because when you eat in a caloric deficit every day, your metabolic rate drops, your body's like a furnace. So instead of doing that and crashing your metabolism, fasting will not crash your metabolism. In fact, with fasting, your metabolism and your metabolic rate will stay the same, plus it will increase in some people. So you will be that, and then what I said before, the insulin resistance that, that you will reverse and become insulin sensitive will cause you to basically lean out and continue leaning out, leaning out over time if you just continue doing the fasting and eating properly. So it has nothing to do 
with eating in a deficit. That's a huge myth out there that I see even people who do intermittent fasts on the forums. I have to argue with these people because they don't get that concept. It's not that you are eating less food when you intermittent fast. You can eat the same amount of food, the same amount of calories, the same exact foods in a smaller window and you will lose weight versus someone who eats throughout the day spread out. That's the way our bodies work. And I'll explain that to you in a second, but I'm gonna let Rick jump in and Rick can kind of get into this a little more. Yeah, I call it kill the hunger. Uh, that's that point when you reach that point where you're not hungry anymore, where you actually have to kind of remind yourself, oh, it's feeding time, I've got to go eat. I call it being addicted to the, to the simple energy, being addicted to the fast energy. And so you get used to the, these uh, six meal a day meals and you're miserable the last half an hour, 45 minutes going into the meal on that caloric deficit. And that goes away once you kill the hunger. Once you've actually done the time-restricted feeding long enough, once you've included fasting two, three days of just water fasting, no calories into your regimen, you won't be hungry anymore. You won't, you won't be as hungry. Now, here's a, here's a good warning, though. Just like any addict that is addicted to a substance, alcoholic, whatever it is, that gets off this stuff, if you ever relapse, you, you, you'll go hard. That's what addicts do when they relapse. Sometimes that's when they OD. And so if you've been fat dude eating all the wrong things for extended periods of times, maybe for, for a good portion, most of your life, and then you get into this grind of fasting a couple of days, two, three days a month, and just keeping your calories down to a small six-hour window, and you do all of this, what could possibly happen if you leave that grind, if you get back to eating normal, if you allow yourself to slip up, you, you, might, you might end up being worse off than when you started. So you really have to make this a real lifestyle change. Make it something that you can do and sustain long-term and don't ever leave the path because chances are you might, you might go back to eating the way you did that, that got you really bad out of shape and got you in a lot of trouble to begin with. And you, you'll binge, you'll binge pretty, pretty hard. So that's, that's something to keep in mind as well. When you adopt this lifestyle, it's, it's pretty, in my opinion, it's just effortlessly to stay lean. It's pretty effortless to stay lean. Now, once you've killed the hunger and you can go a day or two without eating per month and you can go and just eat in a small window you, you're not sitting here struggling for your weight. You're not, you're not sitting here having to do cardio every morning for, for a long time uh, just to see some results. It's pretty effortless, guys. I mean, like, like you could almost stop working out and still look lean as fuck. Like, it's effortless. But at the same token, it's also slippery slope back down to eating like you were before and, and going back to looking like shit. There are four things that determine fat loss and fat gain. Four things, and it's not calories. Your body doesn't know what a calorie is. And a lot of people out there, they don't, they don't believe me on that. But think about it logically. Your body doesn't know what a calorie is. Your body doesn't know that it's getting 300 calories, 500 calories, 1,000 calories. So what are the four things? It's hormonal. When a woman gets pregnant, she starts gaining weight rapidly. 
even if she eats the same amount of food, she gains weight rapidly. Why? Because her hormones are changing. She has to gain the weight to support a baby. So there's four really hormonal related things that determines whether your body stores or burn fat. Number one is insulin. And we know that word. If you listen to this podcast, you know about this word. When you eat food, specific types of food, sugars, carbs, proteins, your insulin will rise. Certain foods will spike your insulin more than others. But at the end of the day, fat, pure fat will not spike insulin. So that's why people do the keto diet. And that's why when you're fasting, you'll notice you're in ketosis, even if you're consuming pure fat. But I'm getting off track on that one. The, th the key thing with insulin is when insulin is elevated in your body, your body's going to store. When insulin is down and glucagon is up, your body's going to burn fat. So when you're fasting, your insulin is going to be low and your glucagon is going to be high. So that's what we want. We want to put your body there if you want to burn fat and you want to control insulin and you want to balance insulin. That's what's going to happen when you in introduce fasting. The second thing is mTOR. mTOR basically is a pathway, central regulator of metabolism and physiology. So again, that, that word metabolism, the mTOR is going to determine a lot of things. It's going to determine how your tissues, your brain, diseases, diabetes, obesity, depression, all that stuff. That's why people who fast notice their depression gets cured. Their mood improves. You feel mellow. Part of the reason you feel mellow is the GABA, which I'm going to discuss in a second. But then there's two more. There's cholecytokinin, and that's a hormone that's secreted by cells that stimulates the release of bile into the intestines. And that affects the pancreas. So again, we go back to the pancreas. The pancreas is the thing that produces insulin. If your pancreas is being overworked, you're eventually going to become a type two diabetic. So that's what happens when you fast. That's the, that's the benefit. The last one is peptide YY. And that's a peptide, that's a hormone as well that is secreted from the endocrine cells. So that also regulates obesity in the body. So these four are the main reasons that you're that when if you're overweight and you can't lose weight, these are the four reasons why. It has nothing to do with calories. It has nothing to do with calories. It has nothing to do with counting your macros, if it fits your macros. None of that shit is real, okay? People who, who push that stuff, you know, they don't get it. They're just skinny guys who eat like shit and get away with it because they're skinny. It doesn't mean that it actually works for them. But we know from studies that it's hormones that determine that. So bottom line is, to keep things simple, if you fast, you control those four hormones. And if you put the right things in your body, you control those four hormones. If you put the wrong things in your body, then you're not. So what are the right things? Natural foods, lots of good fats. Those are things that most people don't get any of. Vegetables, fruits, good sources of, of protein. Those are our good things to put in our body. Processed junk sugars need to be avoided. You put that in your body, it's not going to end well for you. Okay. So those, those are the keys. So if you can get that down and eat the right foods and get fasting done, you will, you will not be an overweight person anymore. It just cannot happen. Um, I, at the end of the day, our bodies are smart. Okay. Our bodies are going to store what it thinks it needs in the future. So 
that's that's the way it works. So it makes much more sense to focus on fasting for, for weight loss than focus on crashing your calories and being miserable. Because fasting is way easier than, than doing that. So yeah, with that, I think I covered everything, Rick. Um, did I miss anything that you want to touch on before we get into types of fasting? Because we really need to talk about that. Well, I told you the start of the podcast, you, you prepped for this one really well, and I was going to give you the dance floor. So I think you're doing a good job, man. Yeah, Keep give me going. the dance floor. Yeah. And let's Keep get into types of fasting because I, I discuss it in my ebook guide. Okay. I discuss it and um, I go over Steve, that. Tell, tell guys how to find your ebook on, on Amazon and, and how to get it. What do you search for? The easiest way to find it, if you go on evolutionary.org, Steve Smeeg, and you can um, click on my signature and I have a link to it. It's called, if you want to look up, it's called the No BS Fasting for Fat Burn Handbook. And you can look that up on Amazon. No, the No BS Fasting for Fat Burn. And guys, to be honest with you, you know, I'm not looking to make a buck off of it. I mean, literally, I make a buck off each sale. That's how much Amazon pays out. But if you message me on the forum or post and say, Steve, I want your fasting ebook guide, I will send you a free copy by email that simple. So I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make a, a dollar off of uh, each book. So I'm just trying to, you know, share information. I don't really care about that. So yeah, just hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI, and just tell me, Hey, can you send me the ebook? Here's my email address. I'll send it to you. No questions asked. So here's the thing I want to get into how to fast. Cause a lot of people don't understand that. So there's different types of fasting. It's really a shame that people just, you know, that don't know about fasting, just assume that fasting is intermittent fasting because the benefits of fasting come in after 20 hours. So if you just intermittent fast every day, that's great. It's going to be really good for your gut health. It's going to work some magic on your gut. Your, your gut's not going to be digesting food all day, but it's a shame that you're not going to experience that autophagy, which happens after the 20 hour mark. So every hour you pass that 20 hour mark is you doing a great job for your body. So let me kind of go over what happens while you're fasting. So at the 12 hour mark, your growth hormone starts kicking in. So anyone who wants to say that fasting causes muscle loss, I say that be careful to, to assume that. Because what happens is, remember I said about the autophagy on your muscle cells, that's a factor, but also growth hormone will start kicking in at the 12 hour mark. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Growth hormone, free of charge. You don't have to inject it. You get it free of charge if you just fast more than 12 hours. And it accelerates for five days to a, a super high level in your body. You will have growth hormone levels higher than they were when you were a teenager if you fast. For five, for five days. The next thing that happens is sugar to fat prioritization for getting energy as no food seems to be coming, your ketones start building up. You can get ketone strips and piss on them. If you start noticing ketones, you know you're in ketosis. For most of you listening to this, you're in pretty good shape already. It may take you going into that second day to start getting into ketosis. For me, because I'm in top shape and I'm used to fasting, and for someone like Rick who dry fasts, it's going to take us probably about three days to, to start getting into ketosis, which is fine, you know, because we're experienced. Um, a lot of you will, will probably, if you're out of shape and you're overweight, you'll notice you get into ketosis much quicker, literally by the end of the day.
because you're used to eating so much food. 17, 20 hour mark, that's when autophagy comes in, what I said at the beginning. Those are when your cells, your cancer cells go bye-bye that are in your body. Bye-bye cancer cells. Your good cells recycle, your white blood cells start to diminish in your body and you get a hell of a boost in your immune system when that happens. White blood cells, good for your immune system. When they come back stronger, you get a boost in the immune system. The next one, serotonin increase, 24 hours. After two days, you're gonna be like, whoa, I feel high. It's gonna start feeling good after two days. That's that serotonin kicking in. But you got other benefits. You got the BDNF production that starts kicking in. What is BNF production? That's in your brain as well. That's, that's your, your brain starting to change the way it operates with certain things. So you'll start noticing little things happening like, wow, I can think clearly now. That's amazing. Some of my best articles I ever written was during a prolonged fast for that reason because my brain is really clicking. You'll be able to think amazingly well. That's why you talk to the best writers in the world, Rick. They will say they can't write after they eat food. They can only write when they're fasting. And that is why, because it clears your mind. 36 to 48 hours into it, GABA. That's when you start getting the GABA, the calm, the calming down. The GABA will calm you down. You're going to feel mellow. You're going to feel chill. It's an amazing feeling. Great opportunity to go do some yoga after that two days starts. You will feel so chill and relaxed. You'll feel like a hippie from the 60s. You'll be like, it's like you're smoking pot. You'll feel that euphoric feeling that is impossible to describe unless you do it. Three days later, 72 hours, stem cell activation and that's when the, the white blood cells start recycling. So when the white blood cells start recycling, you get fresh troops, immune system starts boosting. What an opportunity to do a fast during a pandemic, which will be with us for the next year or two. What an opportunity to clean up your immune system so you don't get sick, right? That's fasting, the magic of fasting. Stem cell activation in your body. He, you wanna heal injuries? Fast for 72 hours or more. That's when the magic starts. You'll, you'll heal up your injuries. You'll heal up, heal up your gut health. All that stuff happens. Also, your stomach, okay, your digestive system will start shutting down after about two or three days. When that happens, okay, that, that's your, now your body can take that, that energy that it uses for digestion and it can transfer it over to other things. It can start working on other things in the body that need to be worked on, like fixing your organs, fixing your gut health, fixing your stem cells, destroying cancer cells. It can start cleaning everything up because now you're not wasting that energy on digestion. Isn't that cool? I mean, that, and that's why you have so much more energy when you're three days into a fast, your energy levels skyrocket, your adrenaline is sky high, your heart rate is sky high, not sky high, but your heart rate is elevated because your body is working like crazy. It's healing everything in your body. So that's where the magic starts. So as far as how long to fast, if you want to tap into this stuff, five days is going to be the, 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 the amount of a fast that you want to go if you want to do most of the healing. And then you can extend it. If you feel good, 
you can start going six, seven, eight, nine, ten days. I went 19 days and I still felt great. I could have kept it going. I chose to stop it at 19 days. But, you know, my recommendation for everyone listening to this, do a 24-hour fast from dinner to dinner. Try it out. Okay. It's going to be difficult at first because you're used to eating all the time. But trust me, just push through it. Make sure you, you drink water, you hydrate. And lots of times when you drink the water, it's going to eliminate any hunger pains or whatever. You're not really hungry. It's your body basically playing tricks on you, but you're not really hungry uh, if you don't eat for 24 hours, unless you're starving to death or something. And then see how you feel. Try to go overnight, do a 36 hour, try and then see how you feel. If you feel good, keep it going. Go 48 hours, 36 hours. The thing you want to watch out for, okay, in a water fast, when you, you obviously you're drinking water throughout, get good quality water, get spring water. Don't use filtered water because it's filtered. You can add some salt. You can add some cream of tartar. Those are some electrolytes that can help you balance things out. Don't overexert yourself with exercise. If you want to heal your body, don't exercise. Just sit around and chill and let your body heal itself. But if you just care about fat loss and you don't care, then go exercise. I exercise on my 19-day fast, but my five-day fast I just completed a couple of weeks ago. I did not do any exercise. I did not sweat because if you start sweating, you're going to lose a lot of water because when you're fasting, your body's flushing out a lot of water. So you want to be careful when you're fasting. I, like I said, guys, this is a lot of information. Like I said, you're going to want to check out my e-guide ebook because I explain it more. Come on the forum, start a thread about fasting if you got more questions and I'll answer it. My recommendation, if you are out of shape, if you're obese, don't do a long fast without supervision because things can go wrong and you're not going to know what to do. Also, if you're doing a prolonged fast and you get diarrhea, you throw up, you have really bad such things like dizzy spells or blackouts, you need to break the fast. Because fasting is not about, I'm gonna fast for five days for high water. That's not the way to fast. That is not the way to fast. You gotta take it one day at a time, see how you feel. If you feel good, keep it going. If, if you're uncomfortable, that's not a reason to break your fast. But if you're throwing up and you have diarrhea, that is a reason to break your fast. So you have to be careful on a fast, because like I said, your heart rate and your adrenaline is going to go sky high and your heart may not be able to be in good enough shape to handle it. So it really depends on how good a shape you are, but you're going to want to start out slow. Don't jump into it too deep. And again, you can contact me for a consult and I can help guide you through a fast. If you need that um, day to day, we can, we can definitely get you fasting safely and get through it. You want to jump in Rick or you want me to keep going? Keep it going, man. I'm listening, brother. Keep it going. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, guys, let's go over. Let's go over uh, fasting. Let's kind of take a step back. Uh, uh, there's about two billion people in this world that fast for religious reasons, for cultural reasons. They fast. Um, if you if you have any friends that are Muslim or Jewish or Catholics or something, there's certain times of the year they fast. All kinds of religions: Hindus, Buddhists. I can name every religion. They fast. All right. Um, and then culturally, a lot of cultures around the world, there's uh, blue zones around the world. And those are the healthiest places in the world. Uh, Okinawa, Japan, where Mr. Miyagi was from, they fast regularly. Icaria, Greece, it's an island off of Greece. 
they fast six months out of the year, not six months straight, but in total, they fast six months out of the year. So these, these people, they don't have diabetes. They don't have obesity. They don't have cancer. They don't have heart disease. They live 20 years longer than, uh, than we do in the United States with all our advancements in medicine. So they must be doing something right. The key common denominator in all these blue zones around the world, okay? And there's one also in the United States, Loma Linda, California. There, there is a blue zone. It's in South California. What these communities all have in common is they fast. That is the one common denominator that they have. They don't eat the same foods. They don't eat the same foods. Some of them are, are vegetarians. Some of them eat meat. Some of them eat dairy. Some of them eat beans. Some of them eat potatoes. But the common denominator they have is they fast. That's, that is the biggest common denominator they have. Um, and it, and look, look, at, look at what they're doing. Uh, look at their, their community. So animals in nature, and Rick, you're, you, you can talk about this. All, your, all the animals in nature, every living organism fasts. It can be a small animal, a big animal, a dinosaur, anything. They fast and they fasted forever. Instinctually, they fast. Your dog, your cat at home, domestic animals that you have around your house, they fast. Your fish in a bowl, it fasts. It may not eat one day. That's it fasting. If it doesn't feel well, it fasts. That's our natural way. But we're so damn smart, aren't we, that we don't fast. We have to just eat food all the time. So this is why fasting is so important in the Western world, because we have to tap into that instinctual ability, that animalistic thing that, that nature has made us do. And you have to do it, whether you're a gym rat or you're a top level bodybuilder. If you want to be healthy, you have to fast. You have to correct you know, the over excess of food that you're putting in your body. And that's why we do it. And a lot of people say, oh, it's catabolic or you're not getting nutrients when you fast. And you know what I say to that? I say, no shit, Sherlock. That's the point. The point is to not get the nutrients. It's the, that's the point of it. You have to give your body a chance to fix what is inside it that is ailing. You have to. If you keep throwing food at your body, day in and day out, your body never has a chance to repair itself. So it's very important that you guys just think about this logically, look at the studies. I'm gonna link, I'm gonna link the information in the, in the podcast notes. And just think about this. When Rick, when Rick got me into uh, fasting five years ago, I had fasted before. And I had guys on my podcast talk about fasting and the, and the old podcast I used to do with Trevor back in the day and they'd come on. But when Rick told me about it, I have a lot of respect for Rick. I think he's a really smart guy. I was like, shit, Rick's a fucking, he's a big motherfucker and he's ripped. Maybe there's something to this that I'm not understanding. I was skeptical. And then I started researching it and I was like, shit, this is a weapon. Why am I not doing this? And that's when I started to do it seriously. I had done it before when I was younger. I would do all kinds of different types of fasting, but I never really understood what I was doing. But after learning about it 
and seeing the science and seeing the data, I was blown away. So then I started telling people about it and they look at me like I'm crazy. And a lot of you are probably looking at us like we're fucking crazy, you know? And people are like on the forums coming and attacking me for saying it. But listen, at the end of the day, you can be closed-minded or you can be open-minded. So look into it, guys. It's a weapon. I tell my clients, even clients that compete, I tell them about fasting and I tell them this is a weapon that you can use rather than being slamming down your carbs and being miserable. This is a weapon that you can use. So back to the types of fasting, a lot of people do time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. In that, you would eat two to six hours in a window every day. Then there's the 24-hour fast and the 48-hour fast and, and the days of prolonged fasting. So you can start doing the time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Try to eat in a two-hour window, four-hour window, six-hour window. Once you get that mastered, you'll notice this isn't so bad. The first couple of weeks is going to be tough because you're so used to eating every two hours. It's a habitual thing. You're going to go to your refrigerator, open the door, wanting to eat. But then after two weeks, give it two weeks, guys, three weeks at the most, your body will change. And you will, after that, have no problem eating in a two to six hour window. Then from there, do the 24 hour fast. Eventually, at the end of the day, how long should we fast as gym rats and as bodybuilders? You know what? Once a week, do a 24-hour fast. And then during the week, it, do time-restricted eating, intermittent fasting most of the week. I pretty much do it every day. And then you want to get in a one or two good, long, prolonged fasts a year, and you'll be good to go. If you can get in every three months a nice long fast, that's beautiful too. So, so for me, I like to do a Monday to Friday fast every month or two. That's what I like to do. And then if I feel good going into the weekend, I'll can keep it going. So that can be pushed to five days, 10 days, 15 days if I feel like it. So that's where you want to start, guys. Um, yeah, jump in, Rick. A lot of bodybuilders and steroid users get so afraid of losing gains. Oh, I'm going to lose my gains because you're not going to be eating for a few days. And, and yeah, you're going to look flat a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it. You look flat after three days of no calories, but it's tightening your skin, which is going to make it make your muscles look more impressive. It's helping like, like Steve was just went into in detail autophagy. Uh, when you come off of, of the fast, It'll be easier to get leaner because of your insulin response. So, yeah, you are, in essence, you're, you're not going to look so great for just a, a couple of days so that you can look even better later on. You know, it's like having your car in primer, <laughs> something along those lines. I mean, it's not looking great right now, but the end result is going to be better, uh, not only externally, but internally. So if you're a steroid user, you definitely should be fasting two to three days a month and it's going to mess with with your look with your kind of bloated puffy uh muscles puffy uh steroid look while you're depleting in calories but man are you going to look great after and if you do that continuously if you over a year that you fast a couple days a month uh, you've got a full almost a full month 
of water fast and add it up, that's a good bit of, of time where that skin tightens when your body can repair some of the damage you're doing with the steroids already. So don't be afraid of losing a, a little bit of you're not losing permanent gains. You're losing some of that puffiness. You lose the permanent gains if you stop working out for weeks, months. But just cutting calories back for, for a couple of days, it's just that 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 short-term energy, that short-term carbs that are filling the muscle up. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just don't, don't be afraid of it. Yeah, I mean, when Rick first told me about this, like I said, five years ago, you remember our conversations? I remember it. And you told me about it, and I was just yep, like, yep. really? I was like, what? Rick fast? He doesn't look like he fasts. I was like, man, I think when I think of fasting, I think of Gandhi, a guy, a little skinny guy starving himself to death, trying to stop a war in India. But that's not what fasting is, guys. There's a difference between fasting and starvation. Fasting is a weapon that you can use in fitness and in bodybuilding. And no, you're not going to lose your muscle. I have a 19-day fast that I did, and I'll link it in the show notes. I didn't lose muscle in that 19 days. I would argue I gained muscle in the 19 days. I have proof of that. I have proof. I have the actual numbers where I actually lost 5% body fat in those 19 days, and I gained 1.1% of lean muscle mass in those 19 days. And I have clients that I put on long fasts who have the same results as I did. So it works, guys. It's the growth hormone. You will not lose muscle. You will lose water out of your muscle. That is true. You will lose muscle. You will use water out of your muscle. But that's water. It's not muscle tissue. There's, there's a difference. Muscle tissue is real muscle. Water is, is, not real, is not real. That's just fluff. So the water will come back when you come off your fast. So the water will come right back. Don't even worry about it. The muscle tissue will get recycled and you will come back stronger and your muscles will look better as well. Anti-aging with fasting. Fasting is anti-aging. Rick got into it at the beginning of the podcast. Your skin will feel better. Your mood will feel better. Your GABA levels will be better. Everything. Your brain will function better with fasting. It's a, it's a weapon. It's, it's very anti-aging. I think it's a shame that so many people are closed-minded on it. Because when, when Rick got me into it, like we're to the point where I'm ups, I got obsessed. When I get over, when I you know think about talk about something or do something, I go all in. So when Rick told me about it, you know, I was like, shit, you know what? I've been fasting before and it was, pr- it was pretty good. But everyone says you, you know, you shouldn't fast. It's it's catabolic, you'll lose muscle, you lose strength. But I did it, you know, and I was like, man, this shit works. I was like, my shit. This shit works, man. You know, so don't be closed-minded, guys. Like, try it, try it. And a lot of people are gonna are gonna slam you for it. Family members, friends, you know, they're gonna they're gonna slam you for it. But then, you know, when you do it and you get used to it, they're gonna see that it's working for you, and they're gonna they're gonna want to get into it too. So it's it's a really cool thing. I love it. You know, I love it. It's, it's really amazing thing uh, to fast. And, you know, you guys, after two or three days, when you're prolonged fasting, you don't feel hunger, hungry anymore. Your hunger is gone. Once you get into that ketosis, that deep ketosis, you don't feel any hunger. You don't even want to see food. That's, that's how you're going to feel on it. 
you're not going to want to eat. You're going to feel so good on it that you're not going to want to eat and, and screw it up. So just hang in there the first couple of days. If you want to do a prolonged fast, hang in there a couple of days. Once you get over that hump, it's, it's all downhill. You get, you get a little bit of euphoria, especially doing the dry fasting. Uh, the first couple of days on it, it's a euphoria. Like it's gotta be like being high or something. I mean, it's, it's very pleasant. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just an experience and definitely it'll change your life for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I mentioned the dry fasting in my ebook a little bit. Rick is a big dry fasting person. So with dry fasting, you're not consuming anything, even water on a dry fast. So that guys experience, experience, experience. Don't jump into trying to do a one or two day dry fast, you know, stick to the water fast at first, get the hang of it, learn about it. And then once you get experience, you can mess around with the dry fasting. Dry fasting is doubly effective. You'll get double the results. But again, with dry fasting, make sure you're monitoring yourself at all times. And if something goes wrong, you need to break that dry fast with, with water. Don't kill yourself because you didn't listen to your body. Bone broth is great. Bone broth is great to break the fast though, dry fast. Yeah. So how do we break a fast? Listen, guys, at the end of the day, you can either make homemade bone broth. Do not buy bone broth from the store. It's got garlic. It's got onions. It's got spices in it. Horrible idea. It's going to go right through you. Make the bone broth at home. And then melon. Melon is great to break the fast. You got to keep in mind when you break your fast, it's going to go in through your mouth and out the other direction. There's nothing that's going to stop it. So you better be near a toilet and you better book a maid service to come the next day because it's going to get messy. Remember, your digestive system is shut down. It's shut down and the body is repairing itself. So look, that's what happens. And then the next day, your digestive system comes back to life and you lose the benefits of fasting. But you whatever you did, you know, did, did some good. So that's what happens. Your digestive system shuts down completely. So it's going to go when right you, through you. Yeah. When you first uh, have some liquids uh, after a, a dry fast, your mouth cramps up, your tongue cramps up, you get cramps, uh, not painful, but just very weird. Something you've, I've something I'd never felt before. These weird kind of cramp feelings in the back of your mouth and the back of your throat, uh, from having not had anything, not even, not even toothpaste. I mean, you want to do it right. You want, you got to just brush your, your teeth dry and you're not eating anyway. So, you know, just run floss through them and brush it dry. Don't even put a little bit of water or toothpaste in your mouth if you want to do it right. And I mean, you'll get through it. And then when you finally do that bone broth and you get that first liquid into your mouth, you're going to feel real tingly, real kind of a little cramp sensation, a little cramping sensation on your tongue and the back of your throat. It's just, just a new experience. Definitely. Um, I like dry fasting much better for, for the actual benefits of autophagy and just to feel better, heal injuries. I mean, it, it's something else, man. Dry fast is, is definitely, once you've done a fasting, water fasting, and you've done it enough, you can jump into dry fast and you're going to be really, really happy with, with how you feel while you're on it and also with the results. Yeah. I'm, I just want to get into too what happens on a fast and uh, cause someone asked this on the forum 
and I have to answer it. So he was saying he's on, he was on like a day three, day four of a fast. He woke up in the morning, his heart rate was elevated. His heart rate was up to 85. It's usually like in the low sixties. And he wanted to know why that happens. So first off, that's normal. Okay. When you're fasting, your, your heart rate can get elevated certain times of the day, especially in the morning when you wake up because you're really, really dehydrated. So you want to make sure during the night, you're going to wake up to pee. Okay. You're going to be pissing more than you're taking in. So that's, that is the difficult part of fasting, believe it or not, is, is getting in those liquids because it's really a pain in the ass to have to piss all the time. So I, I carry like a cup everywhere I go <laughs> this way, you know, when I have to go to the bathroom, I just piss in a cup. But what happens is in the morning, um, you know, you're so dehydrated when you wake up, you've been basically getting rid of so much uh, water all night. Uh, those ketones basically are being pissed out. The fat's getting pissed out. So your body is reacting. Your body's adrenaline goes up. And that's your kind of your signal to hunt. That's your hunt signal. I got to go hunt. I got to go catch food. So what you want to do when that happens is make sure you hydrate really good. and then. Keep an eye on your, your, um, your heart rate. It should start dropping um, back down to earth. And then it should not be a problem the rest of the day as long as you stay hydrated. So for me, that's what happens with me. Now, now your, your side effects might be different. Everyone has, uh, you're going to have different side effects. That's my personal side effects. I'm a thirsty guy. Um, I live in a hot climate. And um, that's probably why I have to deal with that when I wake up in the morning. So that's the one pain in the ass of, of fasting that I don't like is having to pee all the time and having to, to, to drink all the time when you're doing a prolonged water fast. So that's, that's one of the pains in the asses. Um, you know, other than that, it, it's, it's pretty easy guys. I mean, the benefits, the benefits are, are tremendous. So listen, give it, give it a shot. Um, and you know, see, see how you like it. I mean, start a log on the forum and then kind of, that will kind of motiv motivate you to do it. And if you read uh, about fasting, there's so many benefits across the board that it's, it's almost like a, a miracle. It's almost like we're, we're like an infomercial telling you about all these benefits, but look, it's the laws of nature in nature. When an animal is hurt, it goes and it finds a little bunker somewhere or a cave and it goes in there and it, it hides for a few days and it fasts it fasts and it rests and then when it feels better it gets out and it starts walking around and it gets back to, to normal life it's the same thing but we don't do that we're too smart we're too smart for ourselves living in the western western world we're too smart we don't give our bodies a rest and that's, uh, yeah, that's why we're so sick. That's why we have sky high diabetes, sky high cancer, sky high obesity, sky high heart disease. You know, a hundred years ago, we didn't have that. In the United States, we did not have that. It started coming around in the late seventies. That was when it started. And that was because people started eating nonstop and they started eating the wrong foods. So that caused the obesity and the diabetes and cancer to go out of control. So that's the key. So, you know, try to eat as clean as you can, a natural diet and learn these fasting techniques. I don't care if you're just a gym rat. I don't care if you're a pro bodybuilder, it does not matter. I can name a bunch of athletes that, that fast Tom Brady, he fasts and he's still playing football at a high level even in his early forties, he's about 43 years old and he's still playing. He wants to play to 45. That's, that's crazy. 
it's fasting guys. It's, it, it's, that's his secret It's fasting. And he talks about it openly, but people don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. Rob Gronkowski, he fasts this big meathead, Rob Gronkowski, one of the best tight ends of all time. He fasts. A lot of these MMA guys, boxers, they fast. The Rock does fasting. He does fasting. He's talked about it. I can, I can name wrestlers. I can name athletes from all sports that fast. Some of the top uh, professionals. It's, it's really a weapon, guys. The problem is there's no profit in people telling you to fast. You know, that's not good for the restaurant industry. When I fasted for 19 days, I saved $800 off my food bill that month. So, I mean, it's not profitable for the food companies to, to be telling you this. There's no profit in it. So no one tells you. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, guys, it's a, it's a weapon. You should be utilizing it. You shouldn't be um, afraid of it. So, you know, talk, you know, give it a shot. Give it a shot. And I'm here to... Uh, to help you guys uh, guide you through it. So I hope you guys, you know, learn a lot from this podcast. You want to finish it up, Rick? Did a good job today, Steve. Great job, man. Great, great explanation. Everything was awesome. Um, we'll, we'll listen back to it, see what comments people have for us on, on the different platforms and we'll see what's up. So make sure to pick up Steve's book on Amazon uh, make sure to come out to evolutionary.org and Elite Fitness and uh, ask some questions. Uh, hit Steve up on, on private message. And uh, it's a great podcast, man. Thank you. Yeah, man, you're welcome. I'm going to include a lot of stuff, guys, in the notes. If you're listening to this on other platforms, uh, you, you're not going to see, you may not see the links because those platforms don't allow links. But if you come on um, and you find it on evolutionary.org, you're going to see the links that I'm going to provide you which are really worth the read. Spend, spend some time looking at this stuff. And I think you'll be impressed, guys. Like I said, five years ago, I was a skeptic too. People don't know that. People don't realize that on the forums who are uh, attacking me and name calling and just, you know, over this stuff. But they don't know that five years ago, I was a skeptic too. And I thought it was stupid. That fasting was stupid. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, just hearing from Rick, a guy I respect, made me look into it. And you're listening to this, you respect me and you respect Rick for listening to this podcast, right? So, I mean, you know, check it out, guys. That's the key. That's the key. Getting this, getting these opinions from people that you respect and that know that what they're talking about. And you will, you, you know, that can, that will tap into some new knowledge for you. And that's what you have to do in fitness. Yeah. One of the reasons why I've been fasting for so long and, and introduced it to, to Steve and um, in my lifestyle for me to stay lean and stay non-fat, it was just easier to just not fucking eat uh, and eat in a small window than to, to try to prep up six meals uh, per day and, and do all these, uh, all these things. I could just reserve my, my feeding to two large healthy meals per day towards the nighttime and be done and be done with it, you know, just, and then in the mornings, I just have uh, no calories because about the worst things you can do really is, is not eat uh, and then have like a bowl of cereal, just a, just a punch of sugar in the face. And then you don't eat. And then you punch more sugar into your body. That's just about the worst thing you can do. That's why a lot of you guys out there 
listening to this uh, might have had trouble losing weight, but you think you don't eat a lot. If you don't eat a lot, but then you have some bread and soda or something ridiculous like that, it's terrible. So I knew to stay away from sugar waters always. Uh, I knew not to have the these these things. So, so I'd say, look, I, I'm only going to eat healthy when I eat. And I don't have my, my lifestyle right now with work, with my gym grind, with, with the things that I do, uh, being uh, uh, living by myself, single for, for most of my life. It just it just wasn't convenient to try to knock out six meals and six small meals a day. It just just wasn't it. So I found time restricted feeding. And I found on days that I was either going for travel or, or I, and I just couldn't have anything healthy, then I would just have nothing at all. I just drink water and be fine with it on days where I couldn't really get to some to eat something healthy. I'd make time. I would just bring a little bit of of protein powder. In a, in, a, in a little satch and then I'd mix it with water somewhere in a water bottle and maybe all I've had for the day was four scoops of, of, of whey protein spread out over a three, four hour period. And I just found that that kind of lifestyle just helped me stay lean pretty effortlessly. You know, most guys would rather prepare and find ways to have their little six meals a day to not, not go through the hunger. Psh, man, once I stopped feeling hungry, it was just so convenient, so convenient. And then I just started finding the other health benefits right along the way. All the studies that came along, my, my, my blood test results have always been perfect. I mean, everything is just always on point, you know, all the way 20s, the, through now 40. Every time I get my, my regular checkup, everything is just perfect. And what has done it, just time-restricted feeding, fasting, it just fit into my busy lifestyle to stay lean and the health benefits were just, I just felt them. So I've started, I really started about five years ago, six years ago, started sharing it, this with everybody, started sharing it with everybody I knew. Uh, my mother now fast uh, when she does, and she does a lot of keto um, or her, or herself, um, Steve, a couple other business acquaintances, people in my personal life. And anybody that gives it a shot, it changes their life. It completely, it changes your life. I think it, I think it also makes you a happier person. I think that a lot of the grind and, and kind of misery that goes along with either being fat or trying to lose weight once you've let yourself get out of shape, I think fasting just makes everything so easy, so pleasant, so healthy. And there's just, just nothing like that euphoria on your second day of a, of a wet fast, just that kind of euphoric kind of weird feeling you get inside. And it really does, uh, you know, for, for I had some family members, people just a little bit overweight, tried fasting and they say, Hey, you know, I, I did lose weight. I'm, I'm looking much better, but that thing that used to bother me, those, those blemishes on my skin, that pain on my knee, you know, all these things, they're just kind of gone now that my digestion issues, problems with this, problems with that, caffeine addiction even. You know, one of the things that I that I used to do with fasting is I would drink coffee, coffee, um, you know, during the day uh, and no no sugar, no cream, obviously, and then just eat my, my meals in the afternoon. Uh, but once I started to get off of caffeine, uh, I felt like it was just easier to get off caffeine, starting off with a water fast for two days. So I'd have no caffeine anyway. And then now I'm, I'm at a point where 
I thought it would take me until New Year's to, to get off of caffeine after drinking coffee for so many years. And I haven't had coffee in about three days, three, four days now. It's been, it's been a few days now since I've had any coffee. So just what I do, just water fasted. And then on the other end of that short little water fast I did, just two days, two and a half days, guess what? I no longer crave coffee. I no longer need it. I don't want it anymore. So it, it really helps your body reset. The health benefits are there. You're going to feel great. And just for a lifestyle, man, if you're a busy individual, maybe you don't have a, a wife at home that can help you with some of your meal prep. Maybe you're just a busy, busy guy. Best thing to you can do is time-restricted feeding and fasting. You'll stay lean and you won't go through a lot of bullshit to to get the to get you know to, to look lean and to get your calories in all right guys yeah i mean i think we covered a lot um in this podcast for sure um so yep we'll talk to you guys next week with another episode for steve Smee and rick thank you for listening talk to you then have a good one have a good one steve have a good one guys legal disclaimer we are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use we are not doctors and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program